Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. This is the podcast about creativity for the creative in you. Doesn't matter where you are on the journey, you might be returning to the arts, you might be aspiring, you might be wanting to launch a career, you may be just coming to the to the winter of your career. You, you know, you may be um, a creative just as a hobby, and that's fine for you. And in fact, you know what? I got a message from somebody via Patreon. And don't be shy if you guys, you know, want to support the podcast on Patreon too. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho. And this person was saying that they work in government, but the podcast has been useful for them. And I realized through what she said that really creativity is everywhere. It's not specific to the arts. It's just life. Creativity literally is life. But what we're talking about specifically is creativity expressed as art or entertainment. But that doesn't mean that just because we're talking specifically that this podcast isn't applicable in just literally every area of life. When we were doing this as live streams on Instagram, there were people showing up to the conversation who weren't professional artists, but they showed up every week because there was something about the quality of the conversation that we were generating that left them inspired in their life and sort of brought out the creativity in them expressed through whatever they were up to in their lives. And I say all this to say, look, if you guys want to share this, that's another way that you can contribute to the podcast. It's not just about money. It's also, um, uh, you know, sharing it and telling people about it and just letting them know, look, even though the context of the conversation is creativity in the arts, that it actually, we're really talking about life here, aren't we? Because some of the things that you guys, and particularly like this episode and the next one, which is going to be about procrastination, can't even say it, um, like 
some of the things you guys are talking about are really life things. They're not specific to the arts. But anyway, listen, I just want to say welcome back. Thank you to my Patreon supporters and thank you to anyone who's already shared this podcast on, um, you know, shared it on social media, told their friends about it. Just give me a shout out uh, about it. It's really, really appreciated. So thank you. So this week, um, I sort of just gave a hint there what we're talking about. This week, we're talking about time. And I decided to make this another sort of two-parter episode. In this one, we're going to talk about time. And in the next one, I'm putting it off, we're talking about procrastination. Everyone's got the same joke about procrastination. And even when I did a shout out for like people to send through comments, I was like, listen, guys, don't worry about making the same procrastination jokes about how, oh, yeah, I will make a comment. I'll do it next week. I've heard them all. I've heard. Anyway, some people still did it, but bless you. Anywho, that's next week. This week is about time. It's about time. And, you know, before in the money conversation, I was saying that like time and money are almost like interchangeable because in a way you can use your money to buy yourself time. And in the money episodes, I used me um, hiring a cleaner as an example. So hiring somebody else to do that task left me available to do other things that I want to do, i.e. writing or developing projects or something like that. Her coming and doing that service for me bought me time. And so the two do go hand in hand. So I felt like it was fitting to follow those episodes with a conversation about time, because those are two like really critical resources for the creative money. Obviously, we talked at length about that, about what money facilitates in our creative lives. It's not vital, by the way. I should have added that, that money isn't vital to being a creative. You can beg, borrow, steal. And some people thrive actually on having that relationship with their creativity. And I really love it when people do that. And also when you're starting out, sometimes you just have to just go for it. You know, that thing of like, oh, I haven't got all the right kit. And then, you know, say a filmmaker is saying that, oh, I haven't got all the right kit. And then there's somebody else going out and just shooting an award-winning film on their iPhones. So so money shouldn't ever, um, you know, be a barrier to being able to uh, create in the way that you want to. It does facilitate a certain thing. Time in the same way it's a critical resource that us creatives need. And so therefore, I thought it would be a good thing to discuss. And one of the big things about it is how we manage it. Just as we had the conversation about how do we manage our money? How do we look after it? What is our relationship with it? We have to have that same conversation with time. So what is your relationship with time? What are your habits around time? You know, are you efficient in your use of time? Are you a planner? Or do you like to be a bit more spontaneous? Do you work sporadically, few days on, few days off, you know, just pick and choose which days you work or are you more routine about the way you do it? Do you work at particular times of day? Do you even know when the times of day when you are, when your creative juices are really flowing? Do you know what specific times of day they are? Or do you just find that it's different depending on what day it is? Literally, it just changes day to day. And then also, what are your beliefs around time? Do you feel like there's never enough? Do you feel like you squander time? Are you scared you'll run out? Do you get easily bored? Do you think things take too long? All these things are important questions to ask oneself. And just as with money, we can become unconscious to the things that we think about this thing. And because we're unconscious, we have some automatic responses to it, which 
may not always be in our best interests. They may not serve us, but we are so automatic about them that we never question them in the same way that you may have this belief, oh, I've never got enough money. And that creates a certain um, um, response, like that you are kind of spendthrift because you're telling yourself you've never got enough money anyway. So when, when it does come into your hands, you, uh, you're, in, you're in this unconscious mode where you sort of let it flow through your fingers. Well, you might be doing the same around time. So in the same way that we inquired into our relationship with money, we have to do the same with our relationship with time. I'm Lisa Milton, and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. So look, important to say up top, there's no right or wrong because you know, lots of um, guru types would want to tell you, this is how you should be managing your time. This is how you get success. These are the seven habits of successful people. Uh, you know, there's no right or wrong because we're all built differently. And some people, you know, we all thrive in different environments. Some people love a deadline. Some people hate a deadline. Some people like to sort of methodically work through stuff. Some people like want to, cr- you know, cram at uh, the last minute. If it's working for you, then nobody else can put themselves in a position to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. If it's working, then it's all good. But if it's not working, if there are points or places in your life in relation to time where you just feel stuck or you want to see some change, then that's where somebody else can make a contribution. And that's where I, you know, want to share some ideas with you about a different, brokering a different relationship with time that will be more beneficial to you, that will support you in whatever it is that you're trying to create in your life, be it artistically or in any other area. Now, like I say, time is like money in more ways than you would actually imagine. Because first of all, we need to do a budget, right? In terms of our time. And when I say budget, I'm talking about basically like an audit, essentially knowing exactly where you stand. Because I think uh, what I've discovered in my own life and time has been a real issue for me over the last, like, you know, we're just coming towards the end of a lockdown at the time of recording this. And on one level, there was so much time because there were a lot of things that weren't happening. But on another level, I got in such a mode of like saying yes to everything that I ended up with no time and I was spending time unwisely. So me taking stock and knowing exactly what time I really have access to was a really important thing for me to do so that I could work more efficiently and do the things that I wanted to do and know actually what things I need to start saying no to. And that was a whole thing, let me tell you. So we need to start doing an audit, essentially, a time audit. We did a, you know, we talked about budgeting with money, but we've got to do that with time. And then from there, you can plan and figure out maybe if you need how you can get more, same as you would with money, um, and see where there might be waste, see where you're spending time wisely, where you're spending time badly right? See how, how how similar to money it is. It's like kind of nutty. So when we um, budget with our time, we have to um, basically look at how much time do we really have? What are we spending our time on? And also what are the things that you want to spend your time on? And you need to account for everything. 
I'm talking about over a span of time, you know, like holidays when you're not available, um, any regular appointments that you may have, socializing, holidays, and also on a daily basis, like exercise, breaks, admin, rest, recreation, all those things. If you're doing this audit of time, factor all that stuff in, and then you will know how much time you have available, how much Uh, see the places where you're leaking time, where you're wasting time, where it might be appropriate to have somebody come into your life and take on certain key areas. Say for example, I think cleaning is a good example because that's something that's kind of accessible to a lot of people. I know it sounds like fat. Some people go, Oh, she's got a cleaner or he's got a cleaner, but it's like a lot of people have cleaners. Like it's not a fancy thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because they're good at what they do and they save you time. It might be that when you do this audit, you just go, oh my gosh, not only am I spending two hours where a professional would spend one, but I'm actually not even doing that great a job. And I only do it once a month where they might come twice a month and the house looks nice or the flat looks nice or whatever. So there's many reasons why it could benefit you to bring in somebody else to take on tasks that it may be more beneficial for you to basically hand over to somebody else and free up your time. If you need time, which you won't know till you've done the budget. There's certain efficiencies I think we can all make in our lives as well. Like I knew somebody who uh, used to not plan their eating, their meals and stuff. And so what would happen is basically every, pretty much every other day, they would have to go to the supermarket because they found like doing big weekly shops and thinking that far ahead, they found it really stressful. Now, to me, it seems like, gosh, that is an awful drain on time because if they could order online and then you don't have the stress of like a big shop because you just, you know, you fill your shopping basket and you just keep adding to it until the day before it comes, that could have saved hours in the week. So when you look at this audit, just see if there are places where there are efficiencies that you could make that are pretty straightforward, that may not even cost you more, like getting a delivery, like even Sainsbury's now, if you do one of their saver slots, they're a pound. You know, so it's not even like an expensive thing to do to make that sort of efficiency with your sort of grocery deliveries. I mean, that's just one example, but you get what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? There will be places in in your life where you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm spending like two, three hours on that a week and I could get somebody else to do it or I could just not do it or I could consolidate it into one, one task and it would take a lot less time. So basically we need to budget. The reason we budget is so that we know where we stand. And once we've done that budget, then we can start to look at deadlines. What deadlines do we have in terms of our work? Maybe, you know, if it's creative projects that we're talking about, but also other deadlines that will have an impact on our creative deadlines. Know what they are, because deadlines are the time equivalent of like those bills coming in that you want to hide and not <laughs> deal with. You know, they're the mo- they're the time equivalent of the money of what happens on the money side of like bills and stuff like that. So when you know your deadlines, you're in a much stronger position. You know where you stand and it's so, so much healthier. So with your deadlines, you need to know them. So if someone has g- given you a task, hired you to do something or whatever, know what that deadline is. 
or other deadlines in other areas of your life that may impact on your creative deadlines, right? So know those deadlines, set deadlines. So this is really about when you um, are working on your own projects that are unsolicited. So there's just um, things that you've taken the initiative to start and they're open-ended. Well, that doesn't mean that it can't have a deadline. You can arbitrarily set your own deadline and and that will give you a focus because if it's open-ended whenever it will become a lower and lower and lower priority but if say for example it's finished first draft of a book and you give yourself six months to do it then from there you can plan you can't plan if it's open-ended because all you can say is oh I'll do a bit here and I'll do a bit there and that's what it will become But as soon as there's a deadline, that encourages you, that invites you to start to make a regular commitment to the thing, because otherwise it's not going to get finished. So just because it's your own project doesn't mean it can't have its own deadline. Caveat, don't be hard on yourself because it is your own project and you have more time. So don't force it so that you compromise the quality of it, because if it's unsolicited, ultimately you want somebody to be buying this. So you want it to be the best it can be. So give yourself a realistic deadline, not too far off into the future. And if it does seem like the sort of project where the deadline uh, would be way off into the future, say it's like, I want to write a book, then break it down so that you've got more immediate deadlines. So rather than I want to finish writing a book by and then two years time or whatever, say I want to finish five chapters by blah, blah, blah date. And then I want to finish 10 chapters by this date. Do you know what I mean? Because then it's they're, then they're more tangible. Two years time is not really tangible, is it? But three months, oh, 12 weeks, I can wrap my head around that. That's a goal I can work towards. That's a goal I can plan towards. Right. So if you don't have a deadline because it's your own project, set one. And then if someone gives you a project or a task that they want you to do, but they don't give you a deadline, get one. (laughs) So because this happens with me sometimes, like um, say, for example, I'm shooting um, a TV show and the art department want me to send through some personal photos. I always ask, when do you want them by? Because if you don't give me a deadline, I'm going to put it as the lowest of low priorities because you haven't said that. And I, and I'm, I don't want to be sort of an asshole about it. So I'm not trying to go, well, you didn't tell me when you want it. So, so I ask them, when do you want it rather than just go, well, it's a low priority. I'm not doing anything about it. So when people ask you for stuff like that, always say, when do you need it by? Because then you can plan and tell them and make an agreement with them that this is when it's going to be delivered. So you're kind of working on your own sort of professional integrity as well by by constantly doing that and being responsible for when you deliver things to people or when you um, complete on things that you've agreed on. So guys, um, I speak extensively about Patreon because you guys are slowly starting to come through and starting to support the podcast via Patreon. And it's just, my heart sings every time I get an email from Patreon saying someone has supported the podcast. So thank you for the people that are doing that. If a financial contribution isn't possible for you, this is what I would love for you to do this week is share one of my podcast posts on uh, social media. 
So it <clears throat> doesn't matter what one it is. It can be one that's advertising the episode or maybe you can post something in your Instagram stories or something. Just reshare from my thing or just create your own post and say, guys, listen, I've just been listening to this really great podcast. It talks about this and I think you would love it. I'm asking for your time. (laughs) So instead this week of asking for your money, I'm asking for your time. Just take a little time to uh, share this podcast with people that you think would appreciate it. Or take time to leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever, wherever it's possible to leave reviews. I don't think all platforms allow you to review. But if yours does or you have access to Apple Podcasts, then hop on there and just leave a review. Just say, to let other listeners know, oh, hey, there's this great podcast that is talking about like really cool stuff to do with being a creative and working in the arts. That would be amazing. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. So the next, uh, the next stage after we've done our sort of time audit is planning. So I am a planner. Now, listen, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to just assume we, we're going to make procrastination like a whole other conversation, right? Because it is, I, I realize actually, as I put the shout out for comments and stuff on it, that it is a thing. It's a really big deal for people. So I'm just going to assume that that isn't an issue as we speak right now. And then we'll deal with it in the next podcast. So let's talk about planning. I like lists and I love the feeling of crossing something off. So with my book, what I did was I um, made a list of all the chapters and then I made an estimate next to it of when I thought I could get it done. And now this is what I'm doing with this book, actually, you know, with a little bit of experience, I sort of mm, a bit more efficient with my planning. So I made a list where I assumed it would take me two days to write each chapter. Another list of dates where I assumed it'd take me a day and a half. And then another list where it'd take me a day. So now I've got this, you know, it took a few minutes to do it, but it's worth doing. And so now I've got this date um, sort of window where I feel I could finish the book. It's either going to be the earliest, which would be if I was working a chapter a day, and I won't do any more than that. And I'll tell you for why afterwards. And then the longest is if it takes me two days to do each chapter. So I know that I'm going to finish this book somewhere between this date and this date. Oh, that's so, that feels so good as a goal because now I know where I stand. And the reason that I don't do more than a chapter is because it means that if I finish early, holiday, celebrate. You know what I mean? So (laughs) this is what I'm saying about including rest and breaks and relaxation and all the rest of it. Well, the other thing is, is if you have a schedule like that, you can have breaks or the rest of the day off absolutely guilt-free because you know you're working to a schedule. So when you do the schedule, right, you have to have a real guess, a real estimate of like how long you think this is going to take. I know I can work as efficiently as a chapter a day. I know I can do that. So it's a real, it's a real estimate. But if that isn't like, if you're writing, say for example, and that isn't realistic, if you don't make, don't even include that in your schedule as a guest, because otherwise what you'll do is every day feel intense pressure and you'll feel bad about yourself because you'll feel like you're not fulfilling. So you'll give yourself this really negative experience So make it a realistic guess, not a, not a builder's estimate, you know, six weeks. Everything takes six weeks for a builder, no matter what it is they're doing. And it never does. Anyway, so have a real estimate of what you think it will be. And it will be so rewarding. 
I trust me, as you mark off, done, done, done. It is a bit anal, right? I know that some people will be like, oh, I just can't work like that. I just want to, uh. <laughs> and I get it. And I get it. So that's why I said at the beginning, there's no right and wrong. What I'm saying in all of this episode are suggestions if, if things aren't working and you want a new way of looking at it. These are just suggestions. But what I will say is if it is a kind of project that you can spread over a period of time and incrementalize like that, it adds up. Each little effort every day adds up. It's a cliche, but it is that thing of like to walk a thousand miles, you just have to take the first step and every step adds up and adds up and eventually you get there. The only thing with this scheduling thing is if that does work for your project, it's quite a fun thing to do as well, because then you just, you have a roadmap of how you're going to get to where you want to get to. And that makes it seem much more doable. But the only way this roadmap will work is if you commit. So what we have a tendency to do, human beings, is negotiate with ourselves. Ah, well, oh, well, uh, uh, I'm quite tired today, so I don't think I will. Oh, well, oh gosh, there's a really good show on. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll do twice as much tomorrow. And before you know it, what was um, a nice, easy working week or a nice, easy working schedule or whatever starts to get gnarly and inconsistent and bitty and broken up. And, you know, and yes, of course, life happens. But what we don't want is the things that break apart this schedule to be just our own inability to commit to ourselves. If this project is important to you, then you kind of owe it to yourself to give your future self essentially the gift of the hard work. I'm sure in previous episodes we've talked about it, but creativity is a lot of hard work and time and there's no circumnavigating it. There just is not. Everyone that you've seen that is successful has worked hard. They just have. And They may have um, a different way of scheduling their work, of relating to their time, but ultimately at the end of the day, they put in the hard work. But listen, as always, this is not just about what I think. Let's hear what you guys have to say. Uh, This is a listener's comment from Donise Hurley. So she says, hi, Andy. My question is, how to balance multiple projects. I'm a geospatial analyst, that sounds important, excellent, uh, who has a full-time job. I'm turning my dissertation into a book and I paint. Any tips on how you manage your multiple projects while you were writing your book? So Denise, that's a really good question. Um, because I mean, they're always great questions because there's all, there's so much to what we do and there's so much to consider. What I discovered with writing my book and trying to do that in amongst a bunch of other things is that how we relate to time needs to be fluid. So at some times you are going to need, I, well, let me put it like this. At some times I needed a literally a sort of half an hour increment sort of schedule, knowing exactly what I was doing like that, because there was so much going on that the only way that I could fulfill on it was to manage my diary that specifically. And then there are other times when I'm kind of like, oh, kind of Monday, I'll, I might do a bit of that. And Tuesday I might do a And Wednesday, I think I might take off. Sometimes it's like that. So, so what the first thing that I would say is if you're managing multiple projects is to be fluid 
in terms of how you manage your time. The other thing to ask yourself really is what's important. Because you've got a full-time job, I think the time audit is really important because what you may find and what might be causing stress if you are feeling stress is that you actually don't have enough time for everything that you want to do. So what you may need to do is delay certain parts of what you're doing to focus on one thing. So it may be that with a full-time job and any other sort of personal commitments you have, the thing that you need to focus on right now is the dissertation. And then once you take a break from writing the dissertation, i.e. maybe to give yourself fresh eyes, to get some feedback from somebody or whatever it is, then as a sort of mode changing activity, you can paint. And then when you need to go back to the dissertation, then you write and you set aside the painting or you relate to the painting as a sort of um, palette cleanser from the writing. Maybe that would work. The real issue or the question, should I say, is what's important? Is it important to you to have this experience of doing lots of different things or is it important to you that you finish this dissertation and turn it into a book? If that's important, then you then that may dictate what um, other activities you can set aside for now to focus on that. Cause it's very different from saying, stick to one thing, stay in your lane. What the opportunity is, I guess, is to work on what's important right now, just because you have multiple talents or multiple things that you want to do doesn't mean you have to do them all at the same time. And often they all get compromised by trying to do them all at the same time anyways. So maybe the answer is just, taking things on a project by project basis until you have a bit more space to have that more sort of um, sort of rolling relationship with all those different disciplines. So Denise, I hope that that's helpful. Um, it really ultimately comes down to what satisfies you. And if you're feeling satisfied with the balance of things in your life, then really there's nothing that needs to be changed. It's only like I've said, it's only when you feel compromised or stuck or anxious or whatever it is about how you are relating to your management of time that you really need to look at changing anything. If it's working, if it ain't broke, you know what I'm saying? And just a reminder, uh, if you want to support this podcast this week, I'm asking you to just share, share the podcast on your social media and just say, you know, this is what I got out of this week's episode, or this is what I've got from a previous episode, or this is what I created off the back of hearing something uh, in a, a previous episode. Share it on social media and just let other people know about it so that we can keep this conversation and have it be available to as many creatives as possible. All right. So home stretch, you guys. I just want to um, throw in a couple of practical thoughts on this whole idea of planning and managing your time. So one thing that I swear by is a diary. I know, right? I'm not talking about, dear diary, today Bradley Cooper looked at me. <laughs> He's like my go-to person, crush person now, even though I think I'm over it. I actually think I've moved on. Um, it's now Edgar Ramirez, but that's the story for another day. I can't believe I told you like that. Anyway, tools. What tools can be useful to you? And I swear by a diary. I think I'm actually a little bit OTT, but it works for me. So again, if it ain't broke, but I have a hard copy paper diary. I have a diary that I share with my agent 
And I also have a diary that has all my work stuff in, but also my personal stuff that I don't share with my agent. So I actually have three (laughs) diaries on the go. On top of that, I found an app. I think it's just called to do and uh, and it, it, you can manage basically a to do list. The reason that I started this was because I needed to see a visual representation that I've got enough on my plate. And so that any time an opportunity comes along, I really have to think about whether I say yes or no to it. That is why I got the to do list. To, yeah, to do app. You don't need all of this stuff. You don't need any of this stuff. But I found that it's really I like paper and I like hard copies of things. So I like seeing things laid out. And so um, that's been really useful to me. Another um, tool that I would recommend is a book called The Complete Time Management System. I wanted to tell you a story about this, but it's actually a bit long. So um, I won't for for this podcast. Maybe I'll do it in the extras or something. Um, And by the way, if you sign up to Patreon and get the second tier, that's when you'll get bonus content. You'll get more advice from uh, some of my um, friends and colleagues who work in the industry, like established um, creatives who give more advice on all the topics we've been talking about. But anyway, that's another thing. So it's a book called The Complete Time Management System. And it was given to me by a boss after um, there'd been a, a thing happen at work where I'd ended up working very, very late with a bunch of other people. And we, we wrote this letter of complaint basically to our boss. And he called me into the office uh, the next morning and I thought, right, we're going to get pay rises and we're going to get a pat on the back and, you know, loads of sympathy and stuff like that. And he's like, what on earth were you doing? Why were you here until midnight? That's not your job. Why were you, what, what were you doing? And we were like, um, basically staying late to create a story so that we could complain. (laughs) We were really irresponsible. Anyways, the point is, is after the financial manager who, uh, or director who had heard about all this, he gave me this book called The Complete Time Management System. And I read it cover to cover. You'd think it would be a really dry, boring book, but for someone like me, who just had such a terrible relationship with time, it was a game changer. I'm talking overnight. So I went from, you know, turning up a little bit late and always chasing the day and never leaving consistently at the same time to transforming all of that. And the principles that are in this book are still with me now. I'm not getting anything from these people for, um, I didn't even know if this book is still in print. God, I hope for you guys' sake it is because it really changed my life. One of the things, um, um, Uh, one of the important distinctions it it makes in the book, as as well as many others, is just asking you to look at what's urgent as opposed to what's important. And so the urgent stuff is what needs to be done today. And the important stuff is important, but it doesn't have to be done right now. Once you get that distinction, it makes it easier to just go, oh, okay, and look at your your to-do list for that day and go, oh, actually, I don't need to do that then. I can move that to another day. Meaning that you can start to be more in control of when you work, when you finish, how many hours you do, you know, that type of thing. So just on that level alone, my mind was like, because I was trying to, at the time, I was trying to work through everything that was on my to-do list that day and thinking that until I had done it, I wasn't complete with the day. So that was really useful. Complete time management system, it's called. A side note, I did um, a, uh, what do you call it? A, um, an interview with a magazine and I said, and they was like, oh, name some books that change your life. So I mentioned this, but I forgot the, the complete bit of the, the title. And so she went off and tried to find it. So about two weeks later, she, um, I saw the article. And she had found the wrong book. She had she'd basically found the like, well, I think it was called like the time management for 
yeah, time management for system analysts. And I was like, in what world did you think that that was the book that changed my life? <laughs> it's like, what kind of life did you think I was living before I went into the arts? Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I didn't correct it, but like, if anyone saw that article, it is not time management for system analysts. I don't even know what that would mean. It's the complete time management system. It's quite an old book. So you'll be able to tell by, by the cover. Yeah, it's old. So, I mean, old, when I say old, it's probably written, I don't know, what, 90s or something like that. Anyway, it's a really great book and really useful if you want to read something about how you relate to your work world on the topic of time, basically. And then just lastly, I was just going to add how I talk about how I plan my day. So I literally at the moment, particularly because I'm writing, I do 90 minute sessions of writing and then I always have a break. So I have a half hour break and I do try to do something that requires me to move my body. Sometimes I've done, I've cut the grass. I've just put a load of washing on. I've, you know, I don't know, emptied the recycling, just something, not that that takes half an hour, but do you know what I mean? Like just something that is not sitting down at my desk, just staring at a screen. Now I'm not a hundred percent disciplined with that because sometimes I will spend that break looking at emails that have come in while I've been writing. But the point is, is that I do that 90 minutes because that's about how much I can, concentration I, I can tolerate in one sitting. I do three of those in a day and well, I scheduled three of them, but actually often after the second one, I finished my chapter and then it's holiday. Yeah. So, so that's, that's just a little insight into how I schedule my day. But the point is, I think the most important point is to stick to it, but also to allow some fluidity to it as well. So listen, let's close this episode with, oh my God, such a good bit of bite-sized advice on time from my buddy, Jason Manford. Okay, time. Now, a few years ago, I remember working pretty much every day of the year, filming TV shows, writing and performing over 300 shows. And it felt good, and obviously I must have enjoyed it at the time. But what I didn't do was spend the right amount of time with my then wife and our new babies. I worked hard because I thought that's what I should do. You know, as a new dad and as a husband, I, I sort of I fell into that sort of uh, traditional ideal that, that was me. I was the breadwinner and off I went. And also, like I said, I, you know, from a background of having nothing, I just thought, get it while you can. Make hay while the sun shines. And I realised now, during that year of, of, uh, of working away so much, I made mistakes. I was tired. I was ratty all the time um, when I was back home. And years later, post-divorce, I realised a really important thing. And that is the one thing they are not making more of is time. It's the only thing none of us can control. It's the thing none of us can do anything about. So my advice about time is an obvious one. Use it wisely. Spend it doing things you feel are improving yours and your family's lives. I look at my children now and I think, I only get 16 summers with these gifts from God. 16 Christmases before they become adults. 16 years before they're off doing what they want with whoever they want. Now, thankfully, it's a lesson I've learned before time ran out and it was too late to do anything about. So when it comes to time, remember to use a third of your day to sleep because without those eight hours rest, you are wasting the other 16. You're knackered and not fun. Schedule your time 
So you share it between work and life, social, family, spiritual, health, whatever it is, make time for you. Because most of us in the world of creativity are our own boss. So we work harder than a lot of others because of this. But think about this for a second. If you were your own boss, would you put up with the way you were treated? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just think of it for a second. If, if you as your boss was a separate person, would you let your boss make you work as hard as you make yourself work? <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but if I was working for a boss that treated me the way I treat me, I'd be straight to HR. This guy's making me work 13 hours a day at stupid times. He won't let me stop thinking about work. He doesn't let me spend time with my family. He's only letting me have four to five hours sleep. He doesn't give me time off to go to the gym or to chill out. So be a kinder boss to yourself and take time to be kinder to yourself. Because if you're kind to your workforce, i.e. you, your workforce will produce and create more. Well... Okay, mic drop, Jason Manford. That was, of course, uh, Jason Manford, who is an amazing stand-up comedian, is a singer, TV presenter, radio host, actor. He's done it all. Jason's done so many cool things. Um, we met shooting um, a show called Tonightly years ago. It's kind of like a like the 11 o'clock show. It was on every night for about three weeks on Channel 4. And we've been friends ever since. But um, he's been one of the captains on 8 Out of 10 Cats. He used to present the one show. He's been in many uh, stage shows. Sweeney Todd, producer, Chick Chick, Bang Bang, Guys and Dolls, Curtains. And his new tour, Like Me, is on sale now. So I I couldn't have put it better myself. I mean, and I love that thing that he said about um, if we were our own boss, we wouldn't accept this treatment sometimes. So be kind. That's really what he was saying, isn't it? Be kind to yourself. You guys, thank you. This this episode has run a little bit long, ironically. Ty, the time episode has run a little bit long. But um, thank you, you guys, for listening in. And also thank you for um, those who signed up to Patreon off the back of those money episodes and those who are going to share about this podcast on social media off the back of this one. I really, really do appreciate it. I know I say that every time, but I mean it. It just lifts me and it makes me feel like, yeah, we, we're in this together kind of thing. So um, thank you to you guys for tuning in. Thank you to tuning in. I've got to stop saying that because it's not like I'm listening on the wireless. But anyways, thank you to um, Denise for your question as well earlier uh, about time on time management. And also to Jason, thank you so much for that incredible uh, bite-sized advice that just uh, covered everything and was just like so concise and to the point. It was, it was brilliant. Uh, thank you to Martin for your fabulous editing, to Clydesdale Music for the music. And you guys, I'll see you next time where we are going to talk about uh, procrastination. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more.